from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. Started the thing again. I don't know why the repeat turned on, but that's not my (laughs) fault. It's only running once. I don't... Oh, I know what it is. I should probably stop this this before before. bad things happen. Oh, yeah. You've done this before. Yeah. So I left the YouTube live stream up and running and didn't mute it. (laughs) What do you mean? Like for a long time or... Oh, no, no, no. Just just for when you were testing it. Oh, I see. Okay. Anyway, right. well, homebrew bound, yeah, yeah best okay. beers here on the internet, kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, there we go. <laughs> when, when <laughs> all right, before we get too deep here, uh, we do the ads. We'll do the ads at the top. The American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on that for a link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. I also want to give a shout out to our patrons, specifically our black belt patron, Andy Thompson. If you'd like to be as awesome as Andy and see our beautiful faces on the live stream uh go and become a patron today you can do that at patreon.com slash binder studios or click on the uh link or the patron link above our homepage at blinderstudios.com and if you're gonna do any amazon shopping head over to blinderstudios.com click on the amazon link above our homepage your amazon shopping as normal really helps us out uh yeah i think that's about it brian it has been a couple of weeks uh um, long many many weeks many weeks <laughs> I, I think it's only been two okay two it two seems, well, seems maybe, like feels like longer maybe but. three I think two I think it's two I, I think two yeah um but for our listeners it has been no time except uh, this this episode released on Wednesday instead of a Tuesday it's not my fault <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's partially my fault uh, <laughs> but anyway Brian what have you been up to um well it is Oktoberfest season. Yeah, it um, is. And once again, we made you know we made an Oktoberfest. Uh, and last year we did fifteen barrels of it, kind of on a lark. We were going to make a um, like a Belgian IPA or some something like that, and and then ended up having like a lager yeast that we wanted to keep alive or needed uh, to deal with. And so we kind of like with what we had in the. Um, in the malt room, uh, we created an Oktoberfest recipe. Uh, and I can't remember if I told this story or not, but yeah, it ended up being fantastic. It sold out really quickly. Um, and this year we doubled it and made 30 barrels and it sold in not, you know, like what, 10 or 10 or 11 days or something silly. Um, we still have it in, in cans, uh, not a ton. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Oktoberfest went really well. So, just kind of goes to goes to show you you can you can make you know some fine some fine beers even with what you've got hanging around in your in your malt and just kind of chilling and yep. I know I did talk about this because we talked about the lager strain that yep. I used. On yeah. It. So yep. anyway, moving moving along, I'll have now I have to come up with something for uh, for the next week. <laughs> but uh, I'll bring this up just because we're drinking it. Yeah, that's a good time to bring it up. Um, yeah. So on beer cam, you're going to see a big crawler, a 32-ounce crawler of, of an IPA called Vince Neal. Uh, can you can you show them the color on that yeah. glass quick? Oh, yeah, I can, actually. You can probably just put it right up next to it. Uh, just just on the... Th- it's, it's plastic. It's fine. There. 
Yeah, it's it's uh amber. I mean it's very amber, very amber. Orange, amber. Something like that. Uh but yeah, so we had a had mashed in an um mashed in a Russian Imperial stout and then some of the dark malt was still in the hopper or still kind of clinging to the sides and kind of in the trap in the hopper. And we went to make a blonde ale and ended up with uh, this like orange kind of amberish brownish beer. There's decent clarity in it. It's good. This is probably the color of Oktoberfest. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if, if you're just listening, it kind of pretty much just looks like an Oktoberfest, but uh, it was supposed to be Beer Can Island Blonde. Um, it's sort of an interesting anomaly that oftentimes we'll have a beer that sells like hotcakes in the tap room on tap, uh, but doesn't really sell a ton out in the world. Um, so this Beer Can Island Blonde is always always in the top five in our in our tap room but it never registered we don't can it yet and oh because it just doesn't sell outside of the tap room uh -uh. and i mean we're talking like this is you know what our two top sellers are minisconsin lager space force double ipa and then you know whatever other ipas we have like crooked grin will usually be up there and then beer can island is always always up there so we were just going about making our you know the latest batch of it and it ended up uh, you know, screwing the color up. And so we took the opportunity to take some hops that we'd been sitting on, but didn't know what to do with. Um, I don't know. A lot of times you'll find something that is an uh, inexpensive hop, um, but uh, you see it at a, a lower rate than usual and you just, just buy it. Like, I don't, we don't have any idea what we're going to do with it, but let's, let's get it. Cause, Pounce on it. So you have it. Right. So we had some, some Idaho seven that I had, gotten and um this justin came up with this blend where it's azaka um idaho seven and galaxy in this particular beer uh, and the reason we called it vince neal is because it's a dirty blonde technically <laughs> i don't know and also we were all the 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 brewers and I and some other people from the brewery were in Madison and I swear to God, we saw Vince Neal. <laughs> so Justin thinks it's possible. I think there was some concert or something and we, we, we swear we saw Vince Neal, but that's, Hell yeah. that's what I've been up to. What about you, man? Well, uh, my brother's getting married, uh, this weekend. So, um, I brewed beer for his wedding. Um, and I don't think I got a chance to talk about that on the on the last show that we recorded. So maybe it has been more than two weeks, but I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, I think it ha- anyway, it doesn't matter. We've uh, talked about the wedding beer a bunch. Yes, we, we have talked about it. But so um, I brewed it okay. uh, twice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rebrew. Yeah. So the first batch, uh, I, ha- I haven't tasted it yet. Like I'm doing that. I'm kegging it tonight after we're done recording. But uh, so the first batch, I did it. I came in a little over. It was like midnight. By the time I was done, I was sick and tired of brewing. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. And like I got it, I got it uh, kegged, or I got got it in the fermenter. I you know flipped the flipped the things on and was like, all right, whew, it's done, it's fine. I had a little bit more volume in the fermenter than I probably should have, but I was like, it's fine. This like I haven't seen this thing like ferment like crazy. Well, I got home from work the next day and went down to check on the beer like you do. Man, did you have another blammo down here? 
Yeah, a stainless <laughs> steel blammo. Oh, ripped or so buckled the the lid of the stainless steel fermenter. What? And busted off like one of the one of the latches that holds it down wow. on, and like shot the uh, the airlock to Kingdom Come. That's like actually destroyed it. Wow. And yeah, so that was fun. So um, was that fermenter toast then? Or no, no. So I was able to. Uh, so I, I have I had backup lids, luckily, like because I had wasn't the air the fermenter wasn't in use. So I just slammed the other lid on it, um, got that running again, made sure everything was sanitized and good to go. And then um, I immediately ordered ingredients for another batch because I was like, I don't know how long this hasn't had a lid on it. Yeah. And I want to make like I want I wanted to have a backup. I'm sure it'll be fine because it was off gassing like crazy. Yeah. I'm not too worried about it, but just to be on the safe side. So uh, all all told, how many freaking times have you brewed this beer? Um, with like the two rebrews, five? we did three, four, itera- three iterations. So I've read this beer five times now. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, five times. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then I brewed the, I brewed another one. There's <laughs> a backup. And so I'm going to keg them both and I'm guessing they'll both be fine. Uh, one will be a little higher ABV, so maybe I'll call it like super love or something. Right. Um, and then... Yeah, uh, but yeah. So that, that was that was my brewing experience. Learned Yikes. that you can you uh, fermentation can destroy stainless. Apparently, I mean, I'd, what the I'd like to inspect the gauge of of. Uh, it's not super super thick. Like it's it's, yeah. it's single wall. Like mm-hmm. not like yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I did not expect that to happen. <laughs> not even a little bit. So I have one airtight fermenter now. And one mostly airtight for me. <laughs> but yeah, I was like sitting in the kitchen with a hammer and a piece of wood, just like pounding the stainless steel back. Is there a gasket around it or how yep, does there's it? a gasket around yeah, okay. it? Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it also it's removable too. Yep. Okay. So yeah, that was, that was fun. Um, SS Brutech. Yeah. I, I really, I really like them. I just, Learned my lesson that sometimes you might need a blow off tube with it. Yes, yes. SS Brutech, you make fine equipment. <laughs> you make fine equipment for moron people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, other than that, not not a ton uh, beer wise. I went up to the Angry Minnow again. Uh, had had some lunch with Gordon. Had some delicious I Angry Minnow beer. Keep missing that spot. Like I'll go and they won't be open. Yeah, they they have like, yeah, they don't open until like noon. That's Amory. Uh, Hayward. Spoon- Hayward. Okay. Hayward. Well, what the fuck? Pass Spooner. Say- Say- oh no, it's important because there's a there's a there's a, a bridge. One side says Spooner, Spooner sucks and no, Hayward says Spooner blows. Spooner and blows and Hayward sucks. sucks. Yeah, yeah. So Spooner is north of Hayward, and there's this railroad bridge. Uh, Spooner south, or sorry, yeah, south, whatever. Um, and there's this railroad bridge that each year the graduating classes will spray paint Spooner blows. And Hayward sucks. And Hayward sucks on one on either side. Uh, depending on which direction depending you're going. Which, right. There's a hashtag hashtag Spooner blows <laughs> that I that I follow. <laughs> On the Instagram, right? It's pretty interesting. I, uh, but yeah, I don't really have much else. So why don't we dive into our discussion topic? Yeah, um, this, this was suggested by listener Skip Oliver. Yeah. Um, we get now quite a, like quite yeah, a, yeah. Quite a lot we've, of we've seen it. We've seen an uptick lately, and it's been awesome. We love hearing yeah. from you guys. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, and so Skip uh, commented on one of our episodes uh, a few weeks ago that um, he wanted to know about this and, like, kegging stuff. So we'll probably tackle that uh, in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so we're going to talk about cleaning, sanitizing, and sterilizing. Um, and I was going to do, like, cleanation, but I don't think that's a word in sterilization. <laughs> uh, sanitization. Cleanitization. Cleanitization. It doesn't work. No. It doesn't no, work. It doesn't. doesn't work even though, even a little bit. All right. So... Before we can go too deep, I think we just need to define these three terms because they get thrown around a lot, but they mean very different things. You've, we'll get into more of it, but I always say that cleaning, sanitizing, and sterilizing are three different things. Like, mm-hmm. in we'll get to it. I'm sorry. Like, I use a different analogy analogy than oh. you do. But oh no, we can. I we liked can. your dog pee one. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so cleaning is the process of removing material f- from the surface. And there's a couple ways to do this. One, the best one that I can think of is uh, using PBW. A magic solution. Yeah. And generally with these cleaning um, types of chemicals and, and that, and uh, they work best at a specific temperature. So at the brew house, we've got a big CIP rig. It actually looks like a little, it looks like a, like a pilot system. It looks like a 25... You know, or maybe like a one, it looks like a little one barrel pilot system. There's two big kettles and they have heating elements that are about as long as my arm um, from elbow to, to, you know, wrist roughly. Uh, And they will, you know, heat this water up to 180 degrees. And we use a caustic, uh, like a citric nitric blend. And it works the best at 170 to 180 degrees. Uh, With PBW, I use hot water. Yeah. Warm. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you're jamming your hands in there, so yep. hopefully you've got a pair of, uh, excuse me, hopefully you've got a pair of green Blickman Engineering. <laughs> <laughs> Not a sponsor. Yes. Who also make a lot of fine brewing equipment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Blickman Engineering. Uh, we make stuff. Well, uh, I mean, stop plugging Blickman. Sorry. I don't- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh yeah, so, yeah, you get green rubber gloves that you can get that'll kind of, you know, they're, they got a, you know. little insulation. Insulation. And get, yeah. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, uh, and then sanitizing is the process of reducing the number of organisms, like uh, microorganisms on, on mm-hmm. your surface or your object or whatever you're sanitizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sterilization is, the, is removing all of it, all of the microorganisms. Um, and so what... Like, uh, we can we can go with either analogy. I'm fine with either one. We can go sure. with them both. What's what's your like? Um, so the uh, the analogy I have. No, I like yours. Let's okay. do yours. All right. The analogy I have is so like if a dog pees on the floor and you wipe it up, like you've cleaned the floor. Yeah. Like there's no longer pee on the floor, but there's still germs and stuff on the floor. Mm-hmm. Then if you go over the spot with like a chemical cleaner, you've sanitized it, or I guess if you burn the house down, you've sterilized it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But if you just dump the uh, your cleaner like in the pee, you've just sanitized it. That's not sanitized, but you still have pee on the floor. I always just say that you can't sanitize or sterilize dirt. You know, I mean, like yeah. I, I guess uh, people are like, "Oh, dirt! It's so dirty, right?" Because it's brown and dirty. But yeah, you can't you can't just sanitize or, or maybe you can sterilize dirt. I think you can you probably can. You can sterilize dirt. Yeah, because we did it with space dirt. I like coming back from the moon space dirt. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, (laughs) 
No, so like, yeah, basically, um, you're removing material with cleaning. Right, we're talking about organisms or microorganisms. When with sanitization so. and um, sterilization, you're removing microorganisms. Like, you're just removing material with cleaning. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're a home brewer, you you get it. You're spending a lot of your time prepping and cleaning. Yep. And if they if you are doing s- uh, sours additionally, it is recommended that you would use a different set of equipment altogether because, you know, little... Even, your as, little as, nooks and crannies. Yeah, as much as you can do a good job cleaning sanitizing and sterilizing it's still with like plastic buckets and tubing and things there's still especially plastic mm -hmm, still little cracks in there that will harbor uh micro microorganism and bacteria so um in like in the home brewery at least we do a lot more cleaning and sanitization there's not a ton of actual sterilization that really goes on um i'm guessing it's pretty much the same Commercially, too? Correct. Um, um, except unless you're in the lab environment. Yeah, so sterilization, we would use uh, an autoclave. So it, it just it looks like a big pressure cooker, and you it's got little, like, hand screws on the lid. And uh, so, yeah, she'll sterilize, uh, she being our lab manager, quality control gal, Katie Eels, who also brews at Bobtown in Roberts, Wisconsin. Um, she will sterilize a lot of different stuff. Uh, any, anything she's using for testing, uh, gets sterilized. All right. So, um, what are, what do you feel like some of the most common, like cleaning, um, or sanitizing mistakes made are like in, in, in like the home brewing setting or even the pro brewing setting? Yeah, uh, using a um, like a scratchy pad on your plastic stuff. Oh yes, do not do that. Yeah, uh, even on stainless steel, uh, you don't want to use. Like I wouldn't let those green scratchy pads anywhere near anything brewing related. Use use something else when you're cleaning things. Generally, like you know, using microfiber to to dry stuff off if. You know, if that's what you're doing, instead of like a fluffy towel and dragging, you know, lint or whatever all over okay. it. Um, and so you don't want to like bacteria love little nooks and crannies yeah. and gouges. That's they, why you don't, especially substrate. They can't. You yeah. can't get to it. You know. That's, so that's that's a big mistake. Um, I guess not cleaning thoroughly enough. Um, using yeah, green scratch pads. Uh, what else? Um, sanitizing something and then grabbing it with a non-sanitized hand mm-hmm. that is a no-no um like if you like I, don't, I keep i keep a big bucket full of star sand yep on like on brew day and like just everything goes into the bucket and if you're not familiar that that's probably the most common sanitizer sanitizer yep. for um home brewing i know there's all kinds of you can and actually and i said i i dropped the name pbw on cleaning you can also use that OxyClean powder that that yep. stuff works great too um i don't it depends on you know I, I'm, I'm not familiar with what's cheaper anymore but i i do know that there are some small commercial breweries that are using like oxy and pbw still or star sand for that matter mm-hmm. so those work just great yep so uh but yeah so dip your hand mm-hmm. into the sanitizer and like then use that sanitized hand to hold the sanitized equipment. Yeah. Another uh, another little piece here is uh, you know those uh, those black rubber gloves that tattoo artists use. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you could keep some of those on hand. Uh, 
it helps twofold. Uh, if you've ever stuck your hand in a bucket of PBW, that shit is real slick. Yes, it is. Um, and to to that end, the the citric nitric caustic, the caustic chemical blend that we use, if you put that'll just slough skin off. Period. It, that makes your hands feel greasy, and it's actually just sloughing skin off. So, uh, highly recommend keeping a pair. Or not a pair, only one, just one, one pair. One Re- pair. Reuse them if, a box, if you will. Uh, <laughs> no, get yourself a box of those, like black, or they come in blue. I whatever. Um, but not the powdered, not not white like the rubber yeah. ones. Those are no good. Um, yeah. Uh, Brewer Chad and Brewer Ethan. Uh, this is kind of a funny side story. They've actually kind of taken to wearing swimming trunks in the brewery because, you know, they get wet all the time and then those dry really quickly. So you, you see three pieces of four pieces of gear, five pieces of gear, you you know, um, on them. That's safety goggles, big, big rubber wellies, big rubber boots, um, swimming trunks and rubber gloves, eyewear, earwear and black rubber gloves. <laughs> and they're always wearing black rubber gloves. So they've pretty much got their own little like uniform going. But the point here being, um, yeah, you can stick those. It protects your hands and it protects, you know, in a, in a sanitized, uh, clean and sanitized environment. That'll help too. Yeah. Uh, but jamming your hand in the bucket, of a sani and then touching stuff also totally works because i did that for years and never had any issues <laughs> yep. um yeah so that that one um don't absentmindedly like start setting things somewhere and then don't touch your to, face to re-sanitize it uh i'm trying to think of like other i had one and then we started talking about swim trunks and Sorry. i got distracted <laughs> <laughs> we, we're required to have beard nets on site too i have some of those <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, we never use them. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean th- those are kind of, those are kind of the big ones. It's just like little easy like absent-minded mistakes mm-hmm. seem to be the big the big thing that'll cause you issues. Um, as long as you as long as like you keep that in mind, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, common practices or uh, good co- good practices to avoid those mistakes. Clean as you go, mm-hmm. so you're not trying to clean everything at the end of brew day. You will forget something, guaranteed. Well, and we've talked about this also before. You will forget something if you were sitting there drinking while you're brewing. I mean, yep. it's super tempting, but I would I would not drink until cold side until you yep. start. You know, don't don't drink until you're chilling. Yeah. And then even then, it's a little like I mean, at least as long as your fermenter's already sanitized uh, or cleaned and sanitized. This is and and again, this is another reason why brewing was always a, a solitary activity for me because it's just so distracting when you've got other when you people. get other people there. There's there's a lot of things to keep in your mind and you're juggling and mm-hmm. yeah, um, sanitization practices. I mean, again, uh, I like to just dump everything in sanitizer at the beginning of oh, the yeah. day um, and then clean and re-sanitize as I go constantly. Yep. That's that's exactly the way to do it. Um, and it, when in doubt, just. Clean, clean it again. Yeah. Oh, uh, another thing I like to do, um, if you are using smack packs, sanitize the outside of your smack pack. And the scissors that you use and to cut it. Well, they have little pull tabs. They do now? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll be damned. Yeah, so you just got to tear it. <laughs> uh, yep, they yeah. didn't used to. <laughs> yeah, so sanitize your smack packs. Uh, even if you're doing like a starter, sanitize that shit. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, sterilization at the homebrew level. I guess you could boil it. Yeah. I mean, but I really don't know what you need to truly sterilize. 
for no no at the homebrew level like, no it, yeah mm-hmm. unless you're doing some sort of like homebrew lab stuff and you get to remember that the hops have a kind of a microbial purpose to them too so yeah. there's a little bit of a little help along the way all right uh anything you would like to add to cleaning sanitizing sterilizing no it's right. pretty straightforward well skip i hope we helped you out bud yeah. um yeah and uh, yeah anybody else who has any questions or topics they like to cover please let us know now how about get we, we get to one of my favorite segments uh, would be listener, listener mail. mail we still need a sizzle i know for that or whatever. um should we start with the gordon one yeah our favorite, our favorite, our favorite big oaf. Our favorite oaf. <laughs> I keep getting, like, so we'll say something about Gordon on the show, and I'll get a text from Gordon. I'm like, oh, shit. What did I what say What did about I say? <laughs> <laughs> you know what he keeps doing to me? He keeps texting me like I'm this other Brian he knows, and he said something about, like, oh, this dude on the, the Milwaukee Brewers got injured. Go Cubs. And I was like... Uh, wrong Brian. <laughs> Go Twins. F the Yankees. Like I don't care. Right. <laughs> either of those other teams. National League bullshit. I have you as Brian H and B in my. <laughs> yeah, Gordon is honestly Gordon is just Gordon. He's the only Gordon I know. I think Gordon's the only Gordon I know too. Um. Oh, all right. So Gordon asks, when using the same yeast cake with a new batch, if I brew uh like Big Oaf Old Ale, um, and keep the keep the cake for a Russian Imperial Stout, should I worry about any negative side effects uh, being of being a style change? Uh, no. In this situation, no, with a caveat. Uh, what M-tour. is the caveat? Well, if he went, like, Big Oaf Old Ale was, you know... 14%. It, it, right, and what was the SRM on it? It was pretty damn dark, right? Um, It wasn't... It was actually it was a lot lighter. It was darker dark. and I mean, we can go pull ruby. some. Mike, oh, it's a good beer too. Actually, yeah. I might do that later. Um, in any case, yeah, I, I, the first thing to think about here is color. So, <laughs> do you remember at the beginning of the episode when I talked about the little, the little tiny handful? Yep. Of grain that probably got into the batch and made it this beautiful, you know, October festy mm-hmm. color. It's supposed to be blonde. Will, will you pick up color from the yeast cake? You can, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you don't, I mean, if you're not washing, if you're and, not washing. and you're not, uh, like, yeast. I suppose wa- that, that trub is still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeast washing is what we're talking about. I mean, you've got such a small uh, volume, you know, in a five-gallon container that that is is something, you know, that might be a ask 10, get 10. So... As, as so the caveat is as long as you're going darker yeah. than what you're doing so like or his, the same or yeah, he was so, making the same beer or so a darker hit, beer. him going from the old ale to a Russian imperial stout mm-hmm. is a non issue yep 110 percent that's the caveat on that end yep. however the next thing to think about here is is the yeast activity so uh, big Oaf old ale was what 14 percent yeah 13 and a half 14 what we're looking at here is p- the potential for autolysis given the high alcohol content yeah. in the beer will tend to kill off yeast. We don't know how much because we don't, as home brewers, we don't have a microscope. We can't make a cell count. Um, <clears throat> so that's another thing. So what you could do is is pull that, pull enough to make a, a starter and feed it some 1040 wort and get it rolling again. What I would, what I mean... Yeah, what do you think? So what I would do in this is if, you, if you're like, okay... I know I like this yeast at like third generation, mm-hmm. and I want to use a third generation yeast cake for my Russian Imperial Stout. Build up to it. Do like a Blondale. Then like I I wouldn't do anything super hoppy. That either. Yep. Um. The, because unless uh, unless you rack to a secondary. Unless you rack to a secondary before you hop. Which the 
problem with, you know, for more beginners, the problem, we just had a message from a guy who started homebrewing like a month ago or something. Yeah. So I'm trying to be real specific here. If you're, if you're homebrewing, racking to a secondary can get oxygen into the beer, um, on, in a, in a place where we don't want it so, necessarily. Yeah. And, um, old school homebrewing wisdom was you always needed, th- uh, two vessels. Mm-hmm. You needed a primary and a secondary. Mm-hmm. And we've pretty much gone way, gone past, way past that. I know, um, I know, I still know brewers who absolutely swear by it. Um, I've had co-hosts on this show who absolutely <laughs> swear by it, uh, and I have always said no. First of all, I'm a lazy fuck. Like if I don't have to transfer a beer halfway through, I don't want to. Right. Uh, also, oxygen is an issue, and, like, and other kind of contamination, like. So, with you yeah. know, cleaning, sanitizing of tubes and pumps and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And well, and so it always came from, uh, I, at least I believe it always came from pro brewers transferring to bright tanks and home mm. brewers wanting to do something similar. But Could you, be, yeah. you guys are getting off of the yeast because of italicis issues, because of the weight of the wart on the conical or on the cone of yeast. And we're going to get into that uh, further down the line a little bit more. Um, but basically, like just the water, the the, pre- the pure pressure will just break down yeast. Yep. And w- oh, we have a bucket. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's That's not- a pretty even set of pressure. And then if you're yeah. thinking about a conical vessel, it's like even more concentrated because of the angle of it. Yeah. So. Well, and even like it's five gallons of liquid versus mm-hmm. how many barrels. Yeah. The conical geometry on on uh, fermentation tanks is meant for fermentation purposes and fermentation purposes only. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the it's just the best. It's called aspect ratio. It's the best ratio that that you know engineers have found for a proper roiling fermentation. And some of that has to do with how the <clears throat> the tanks are jacketed. But all right, so I feel like we've gotten away from the question. Oh, hell a yeah. little bit. <laughs> <laughs> to Gordon, uh, to the to answer your question simply, yes, that is fine as long as you are going. Um, I would say as long as you're going um, darker and hoppier from your base beer, you're yep. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, or staying the same. You can't go back. Yeah. No, I would not do that. Yes. All right. Yeah. Um, then we have another question. And this one I, I, I was really intrigued by. So uh, it's from one of our favorite listeners, Bjorn. Mr. Mr. Bjorn 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 Bjorn. Bjorn Bjorn. Th- yeah, this is a really complicated. Uh, it, it is, but it would it uh, well, got, I mean, got me thinking. Like, his uh, what did you say earlier? His treatises are usually. Uh, I don't remember what the word it is. It was, Bjorn, we love getting mail from Bjorn because there's just these long, complicated. Well, like it's one of those things where I ha- like I see that it comes in, and then I have to. I have to wait, and I, ha- I have to, I have to find a point where I can actually sit down and I, digest it. I can't look at Bjorn's messages at work because I'll get into a rabbit hole and I won't get anything done. <laughs> so I wait till I get home. All right. So uh, recently, somebody asked him, "What is a pastry stout, and how is it different from a regular stout? How do I brew a pastry stout?" Um, and uh, he says, "It's fair. He doesn't know the formal definition. Um, he doesn't brew many." Um, but his his definition is a pastry stout um, is the stout version of the New England IPA. Mm. Uh, let's, I, let's break this down. Yeah. So for, the first question he has is what is a pastry stout and how is it different from regular stout? Okay, pastry stout is meant to be, and he, he does, I think, get into this a little later, yeah. but it's meant to be 
you know, uh, sweet, high alcohol. Uh, as far as I know, that might be ask 10 people get tanzers, but uh, I would say it's it's a stout for people who don't like stouts. Right. Um, so it's, it's supposed to be like he get, he goes on to say like chocolate, you know, uh, um, peanuts, pecan peanut, pie, pecan pie. Uh, I've seen breweries put German chocolate cake into the mash. Um, I've seen vanilla wafers go into the mash. I've seen all kinds of shit go into mash tons and boil kettles. And basically they're all gimmicks. Oh, yeah. Except for like, you know, if you did candy hearts, I mean, that I feel actually, like that's a pretty fucking big gimmick. I don't I feel like I did that gimmick. So, <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> that's why I was calling you out. <laughs> so in any case, a lot a lot of what these pastry stouts are, are just a gimmick. And, you know, I think this is another type of beer that people knee jerk and rate them very highly because they don't understand. I so. Yeah, I feel like pastry you know. pastry stout and adjunct stout have gotten very um like that that line has gotten very blurred. Mm-hmm. Um so like a lot of your 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 stouts with a ton of fruit in them or a ton of like these ad, like you know the chocolate stuff like that. Um but they're also they also ha- tend to have like a big a big sugar base like a lot of lactose. Um, a lot, a lot yeah. of the pastry stouts are, uh, use a milk stout base. Oh, you would, yeah. You need to load these things with like lactose and vanilla bean yeah. and all this other shit. Yeah, because so. you're 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 building these like these big creamy high alcohol. Well, but so what he goes on to say is, you know, it's it's like the stout version of Nordeast IPA, meaning that it's a beer with the emphasis on other flavors, other than you know, flavors other, other than, than beer, so yeah. other than beer or yeah. So like, I mean, Nordeast IPA yeah. can. And tends to have lactose in it, um, and a lot of other like smoother, silkier malt, so to make that mouth feel smooth, silky. And then you draw, you put most of your hopping on the front, on the, or I'm sorry, towards the end of the boil. Yep. And in dry and hopping, dry whereas hopping. in these pastry stouts, it's the same. It's the same as a regular stout. You're going to get a bittering charge, and then and then you're going to load it up with all these sweet things right. towards the end of the boil. Mm-hmm. And um, not and. and and you absolutely want an unfermentable sugar in there <clears throat> because as we've you know learned in past episodes that if you start whipping sugar at recipes it'll dry it out yep and we want a nice sweet yeah you affair want here. you want the things that that the yeast can't eat mm-hmm. um yeah so i mean you he he gives a, a recipe here with pilsner oat uh oat malt flaked oat carapils maltodextrin carafa like you have all the things there. Like you got, you have lactose. Right. Um, like you're, you're not far off. I would say. He does mention that these are not balanced beers. Oh God, no. Yeah, they're <clears throat> they're one side heavy. Like just yeah. you know, like everything it's, else. Um, and I don't know. Maybe they're fun to brew. Like I guess my porter, like my peanut butter porter, is verging on. I would say, like I don't know if I would say like pastry stout, but it's definitely gimmick beer. Yeah. Um. I don't know, they're they're fun. They're not my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm thinking his uh, he's on the right track here as as usual. That you know his definition of the pastry stout. He's got his northeast IPA malt bill with roasted malt added for a pastry stout. Um, roasted is probably fine, but uh, if you're going for like sweet and not bitter. Um, I see, let's see, what is he using? He's using a Carafa 1, 2, and 3 at different percentages. 
Um, you could probably just get away with a Karafa 3. You could probably get away with 3 debittered and honestly, what's what is my what is my big time secret ingredient for stouts? Love. Oh no, candy hearts. N- no. <laughs> no, neither of those things. Simpsons Simpsons makes yeah, DRC. Dub- double roasted crystal DRC. DRC is amazing. Yeah, that to me that's, you know, and again, this is probably because of the marketing in the magazine that I read, but it's kind of the key oh, to I've it. been using it a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's the key to a, a good stout. Um, what is let's see here, yeah, flaked out spit malt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maltodex. Yeah, this will give you a nice full mouth mouth feel. Um, I might not go with a Pilsner. I might go with a. So basically, like, uh, we'll, um, beefier too. Yeah, though. I don't want to go through his entire recipe. Oh, but okay. like, we can um, probably throw it on the. Yeah, we, if, we, if Bjorn's okay with it. We yeah, if, if Bjorn's okay with it, um, we can we can throw it up. But mm-hmm. the the big thing I wanna I wanna say here is like. You want base, and then you want just all of the specialty malts. Yeah. But like, you don't want to overdo it. You want to, I, I would say, you want to go more with your adjuncts yeah. than anything, because that's what that's where you're going to get those unique flavors. Make good good layering choices, good caramel layering choices. Um, yeah, that's why the double roasted crystal, because I would avoid mid level caramel malt. Yeah, well, and if you listen to our crystal tasting episode, you can tell that all of the mid-level ones taste exactly the goddamn same. Yep. So, what's the point? Indeed. All right. All right. Uh, Well, should we get out of here? That, yeah, I suppose so. All right. Um, Outro music. Beep. Boop. That's Casey pressing buttons. I know. Every other week, we're on... (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) all right guys thanks for tuning in this week and again if you have any questions comments show ideas um we really like love hearing from you guys and hopefully you enjoy hearing uh the questions from other people too i mean we're kind of all like just trying to learn together so throw stuff at us um yeah uh, so you can send us an email at feedback at blenderstudios.com or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blenderstudios or follow us on Twitter at blender underscore ninja. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.